Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I'm going to start just right off the bat and let you know that I am very nervous to record this podcast. (laughs) Very, very nervous to record this podcast. Um, If you've been following along on social media the past couple of days, you will know that there's been a huge debate ongoing in my social media comment section on Instagram. And it started because I shared a photo of Leia Luna, my baby girl, who is 12 weeks old, um, lying in my lap, sleeping with a little Band-Aid on her thigh after having gotten her very first vaccination. And I, I knew this was a touchy subject, okay? I'm not, I'm not stupid or, or ignorant. Like, I knew that there's a, a, a pro and con type thing happening in the vaccine world. Um, people are either extremely pro saying vaccines are great, super necessary, we need them, or they are extremely against them saying that they are poisonous and horrible and it's all a conspiracy and it's bad and you know, you shouldn't give it to your babies. I knew that this was happening, okay, because I, a couple of, I think, I don't know, weeks or months ago, um, I used social media to ask, you know, what about, how, how have you guys done it? I asked the Instagram world, what do you recommend? Does anybody have any insight in this vaccine debate? Because I was really clueless. And it spurred a big conversation in, in social media. And it, the conversation wasn't, wasn't hateful. It wasn't um, extremely aggressive or anything like that. It was just a big discussion that happened um, in the comment section then. Um, but I hadn't decided what to do. So I wasn't sharing any of my own thoughts because I was just really clueless. I felt really lost in, this, in, in all of this. And then when I posted this the other day, um, Lea Luna with her little Band-Aid, I, I was not expecting this type of of reaction to happen. Not at all. I've been on Instagram for almost five years. I share everything. I mean, I've literally shared everything. I've shared um, the moment I became 
you know, found out I was pregnant. I've shared my wedding day. Um, my best friend passed away. I went through intense grief for months and months. I shared all of that. Like I share the highs and the lows. I don't filter anything. I don't lie. I don't bullshit. I usually tell the truth exactly as it is. And I have never, not once, regretted posting something to social media up until this post. Literally, I I actually, I fully regret <laughs> putting that photo of her on Instagram because it triggered something really awful and it it was just it absolutely sucked. Um, if you want to know why it sucked, let me let me give you a little example. Um, here are some actual comments that I received. Okay, I'm not you know this is actually exactly written this way. So 100% actual comments that I received from people, human beings uh, online. Here's one unfollowing you right now. I cannot believe you put your child's life in danger like that. Vaccines kill. Another one. You have forever changed the flow of prana and energy in your child's body with this vaccination. She will never find her purpose in life now that you broke her with these chemicals. Another one. How can you say you lead a natural life and still vaccinate your child? You are such a fucking hypocrite unfollowing you. Another one, infuriating. I cannot believe how many people choose to stay ignorant and blind to the truth while they line up their babies to be used as guinea pigs, pumped full with poison for profit. And here's another one. This one is my personal favorite. It sounds like you're operating out of fear. You couldn't have done much research if you decided to inject these poisonous substances into a perfectly made little person, unfollowing now as to not have to watch this train wreck unfold. So these are actual comments from actual people. And I'm guessing that they are parents. Like if you're in this debate, I'm assuming you've had a baby at some point and that's why you're so, um, you know, into this because you have children and you made a choice for yourself. Um, but for these people that, um, especially the people that basically said that, oh, you might have killed your baby just now. You gave your baby a vaccination, vaccines kill, or I have to unfollow you to not watch this train wreck unfold, which I'm kind of taking as, okay, something horrible is going to happen with my baby and she doesn't want to see it. So I'm clicking on these profiles to find out who are these people that are sharing um, this type of thing, right? So how can you throw the potential death of someone else's child in their face? I, t this is just mind-blowing to me. I, I cannot understand it. it. Never in a million years would I comment something like this, no matter how um, firm my belief was in something, whatever thing. I would never do this to another person. And what I've come to find for myself after really getting into this is, this is the truth. A child can get harmed from vaccination, yes. And a child can be harmed from not getting a vaccination. There's truth to both sides of this story. This is not a black and white debate. There's a massive gray area here. And to debate that either side is 100% wrong is just crazy. It's just not true. So what I want to share you know, before we get deeper into this is that you're listening to this podcast. You're listening to this podcast either because you follow me for a long time and you love the podcast and you're just kind of part of the community and no matter what you're in and it's beautiful. You might be listening to this podcast because you're super pro vaccinations and you want to really hear uh, what I have to say right now. Or you might be listening because you're extremely against them and already now you're kind of furious, maybe sitting at home shaking from the idea of what I did to my child. And then you're going to, I don't know, gear up to go to Instagram and, and just 
pour hate all over everything I'm saying in this podcast. I want to take a moment just right now before we get deeper into anything to remind every single person out there listening that the reason there is a debate in the first place is because of love. Let me repeat this. The reason there is a debate in the first place is because of love. We all love our children, all right? We all love our children. We all want what's best for our kids. So can we please bring a little bit of love back into this conversation? Please. If you're 100% against vaccination, please, please, please remember that the other person, the reason the other person has a different opinion is because they love their child immensely. If you're pro-vaccination and you cannot believe how people don't vaccinate their children, please remember that the reason that they don't is because they love their children. Okay. We all want our children to be safe. There's no one here who chooses to be on one side of this discussion for with a bad for a bad reason or for with just bad intent. That's not the case. And something that my comment section on Instagram, I mean, the war in this comment feed is still ongoing. Um, someone asked me why didn't I disable the comment section or delete the post is because the conversation is happening. I'm recording this podcast and it's, I don't want to stick my head in the sand. You know, I, I opened this can of worms. So here we are. So I want to just kind of start by saying when I got pregnant, this was something that people started asking right away. Oh, I'm so curious to find out what are you going to do about vac- about vaccines? And I didn't really know, you know, before I think before you're pregnant or before you have a baby, the idea that vaccines are debated, at least in my part of the world, it wasn't a topic that I was into. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I was aware a little bit, but it wasn't something that I even gave thought to. Um, I'm vaccinated. My my mom gave me all the vaccines that um, were recommended in Sweden, just all of them. Um, there wasn't really a debate back then. And I think anybody who's debating this now, most of us are vaccinated because back then, I mean, for me, I was born 28 years ago. Um, this debate wasn't ongoing, right? And I didn't know what to do. So I started doing research for myself. And I have a lot of friends who have babies or who've gone through this process already. So for me, most of my research was done through people I know. Like what did people that I trust, that I love, that I feel have a good sense of judgment, you know, what did they do for their kids? And then I did a ton of research, which, which yes, meant the internet. So I listened to a lot of podcasts. I watched movies and documentaries and read a lot of articles and some scientific papers online. Like I like to do research. I actually really loved going to school. Like this is something that I that I really like to do. So I, I try to really learn from both sides of the story. And what I'm sharing now, so I want to make this really clear. This podcast is not a debate at all. Okay, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do with their kids. I have no interest in telling you what to do for your own children at all. Okay, at all. So I have formed my own opinions from my own intuition and trusting my own gut with the information available to me. Okay, this is my story. This is my point of view. This is what I am choosing to do for my child. So please don't take this as me telling anybody what to do because I'm really not. Okay, I'm really, really, really not. And a big reason why I'm not is because I still don't know the answer to this question. Should you vaccinate your children or should you not? I am not 100% convinced that a yes or a no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not. I'm super confused still. And I'm still really battling with this. But let me tell you the story of how this worked, worked out for, for me, for me and Dennis with our baby. So I did the research and it's also different 
uh, let me make a point of that. So in the U.S., for instance, what they recommend or what they kind of want you to give your kids is different than what they recommend here in Aruba where we live, which is also different compared to Holland where Dennis has a lot of family and compared to Sweden where I'm from. So it was really hard to, to figure out, one, you know, if we're going to go with this um, and give her these vaccinations, which country's standards should we abide by? Um, that was really challenging. And also because we travel a lot, a ton, we travel so much, different things I felt applied to us as well. So I did the research. Basically, if you're new to this debate, maybe you, you're not in this at all. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard. What is it? There's such a thing as not vaccinating your kids. Um, let me give you a little insight of why there is a debate in the first place. So proponents, people that say that vaccination is safe, claim that it's super safe. There's nothing harmful about vaccinations whatsoever. And one of the greatest health, health developments of the 20th century. They'll point out that illnesses, so what we vaccinate against, there's a lot, but things like smallpox or polio or whooping cough or measles, um, all of this is now prevented by vaccination and millions of children's lives are saved every year. They also say that having a bad reaction to a vaccine is very, very rare. Okay, so that's one side, pro. Opponents, the people that don't vaccinate their kids, say that children's immune systems can deal with these diseases, that they can deal with these infections naturally, and that injecting questionable vaccine ingredients into a child might cause side effects, including seizures or allergies or autism or paralysis or even death. Um, they also say that there's a lot of studies that prove that vaccine can trigger problems like ADHD and diabetes and other things like that. Um, so those are the basics, basically, the two sides of the story. And the information that I'm pulling now, so there's a couple of websites that I found super helpful. The one that I found the most helpful was one called Vaccines Pro Con. So it's literally a site created for people like me who just don't know what the right thing is. And I felt, felt it's giving a pretty, a pretty objective view of the pros and the cons. So I wanted to read just from this site a couple of pros and cons and how they contradict each other. So here's a pro. Vaccines can save children's lives. The American Academy of Pediatrics state that the most childhood vaccines are 90 to 99% effective in preventing disease. Vaccines save 2.5 million children from preventable diseases every single year, which equates to about 285 kids saved every hour. The Center for Disease Control estimates that 732,000 American children were saved from death and 322 million cases of childhood illnesses were prevented between 1994 and 2014 only due to vaccination. Okay, this, these numbers are, are really big. Um, I'm going to show you guys, uh, I'll share on the blog where I'm getting these numbers from. Same site sharing the con, okay? Vaccines can cause serious and sometimes fatal side effects. According to the CDC, so the Center of Disease Control, the same foundation or the same organization that says that 322 million cases of illnesses has been prevented um, in the past 10 or 15 years. The same organization states that, yes, all vaccines carry a risk of a life-threatening allergic reaction in about one per million children. And they also state that long-term seizures coma and brain damage, so serious stuff, may be associated with certain vaccines, though they note that the rarity of this reaction makes it really difficult to determine the cause. 
And the National Vaccine Information Center says that vaccines may be linked to learning disabilities, asthma, autism, diabetes, chronic inflammation, and other illnesses. Proponents to vaccination say that the ingredients in vaccines are safe in the amounts that are used. So there are harmful things that they put into these vaccines if used in big doses. But ingredients like formaldehyde, am I pronouncing that right, and aluminum, which can be super harmful in large doses, but are used in tiny quantities in vaccines, and they're just a necessary evil. So children are exposed to more aluminum in their own breast milk and infant formula than they are in the vaccine. The FDA requires up to 10 or more years of testing for all vaccines before they are licensed, and then they are monitored by the CDC and the FDA to make sure that everything and all the ingredients used are safe. People that are against vaccines claim that the ingredients used are super harmful and that they're used in large enough doses to actually cause illnesses and problems. People that are pro-vaccines are stating that major medical organizations all say that vaccines are safe. So these organizations include, yes, the CDC, the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, the Institute of Medicine, American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, UNICEF, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the World Health Organization, the Public Health Agency of Canada, Canadian Pediatrics Society, the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases, and the American Academy of Family Physicians. The World Health Organization states vaccines are safe. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services states vaccines are some of the safest medical products available. And this was a big piece for me. I just, so the idea behind being against vaccines is that the ingredients are super harmful. It can be really dangerous to your children and that there is this big conspiracy behind it so that somehow the government, and actually not just in the US, but also in Europe and, and all across the world, that they are somehow aware that the vaccinations are so dangerous and so harmful to kids, but that there's such a profit involved, that there's so much money involved um, for these pharmaceutical companies that they do it anyway. And this for me was the part that I had the hardest to digest, really. Um, I believe in the greater good of the world, and I don't think, this is just my own gut telling me that if this was the case, I just have a really hard time believing that we would be injecting millions and millions of newborn, tiny little angel babies with poisonous toxins and be aware of it. For me, that's just, my gut just tells me no. So there's evidence that points to both sides of this story. So there's evidence that says that vaccines are harmful and there's evidence that says that vaccines are super necessary and really, really important. So Having a serious reaction to a vaccine is extremely rare. Okay, the most common side effect, I, I have a hard time pronouncing this word. Okay, I'm not stupid, I'm just Swedish. I want to say anaphylaxis, so going into anaphylactic shock, which is having a severe allergic reaction. The most common side effect, this super severe allergic reaction, it occurs in one per several hundred thousand to one per million vaccinations. So it's really rare. But yes, it does happen. And I think that's also why I wanted to leave the comment section on that Instagram post open because the discussion, however aggressive and kind of hateful toward me, I mean, I, I really had a, had a hard time with it. Um, it did spark a really important conversation. So there was people there that were writing that had personal experiences with their children or uh, friends of theirs who had kids who had a negative or really poor reaction to a vaccine, who got extremely sick or ha who got into, uh, went into allergic had this allergic shock and had like a personal experience where something awful happened because of this vaccine. So if that was 
if that was me, okay, if, if I gave my baby a vaccination and my baby almost died, or if something, you know, got awful happened, of course, I would be the biggest, you know, I would step up on my soapbox and tell the whole world, don't vaccinate your kids. Why would I do this out of love, right? hundred percent out of love. If I had that negative reaction myself, that negative experience, of course, I wouldn't want anybody else to ever vaccinate their kids because look at what can happen. So I fully understand this. I fully understand this. Um, and then there were a lot of stories in the comment section from the other way around where there were either children who couldn't be vaccinated. So instances of when you have an if there's a children born, a child born with an autoimmune disorder, for instance, or with heart disease or with cancer going through chemotherapy, there's all these reasons that if your immune system isn't strong enough, you can't give a child the vaccines. So there was a lot of stories in there where a kid couldn't get the vaccination and then got the disease. And then there were either, even some women in the, in the comments sharing that they lost children to these diseases and they could have been prevented if their child could have had the vaccination. So of course, you know, if, if that would be me, I would again, step up on my soapbox and I would tell the whole world, make sure you vaccinate your kids. Anybody who tells you you shouldn't vaccinate, they're all crazy. I lost a child or my child got super sick because I didn't vaccinate. So again, the reason that there is a serious debate is out of love. Everybody loves their children. Everybody wants their children to be safe. However, I really, really, really did not appreciate the anti-vaccine people telling me that day and that night and still to this day, watch out, your baby's going to die. That's basically what I, what, I, what I heard. So what happened is I did all this research, decided that I can see both sides of the story. I understand that there are harmful things in these vaccines, but I also understand that they are necessary. And also one of the pros that I felt really strongly about is um, if I wouldn't vaccinate my child and then my child would contract a disease, even though that she, you know, she's likely that she can fight it off herself, the likelihood of dying from these diseases is not super high either, right? But if she would come into contact with a child who isn't able to get the vaccination, someone who maybe has heart disease or an autoimmune disorder or something like that, and they would get the disease from her, then their life would be in danger. So one, that's something that resonated with me, that vaccinating your child, it's not just for you. It's not just for your child. It's also for the children that can't, that can't be vaccinated. So it's called herd immunity. So it means that this a critical portion, a big portion of people, when they are vaccinated against a contagious disease, it's unlikely that an outbreak will occur. So it protects the greater whole. So what I decided to do, though, because what I felt is she's so tiny, right? She's so super, super, super mega tiny. Right now, she's not even three months. Um, the first vaccination that was recommended to give here in Aruba, at least, was hepatitis B, which was when she was one month old. So the research I did was, how do you get hepatitis B? It's through blood, through body fluids. Uh, most commonly, it's transferred through sex and needles. Okay, so my logic mind, logical mind goes, okay, I don't think my one-month baby, one-month-old baby is in risk for any of that right now. Also, she's not in the kindergarten. She's not in, the, in Aruba, we call it the crash. It's, she's not surrounded by other kids. Um, that might be likely to have something, you know, she's with me and Dennis the whole time. So hepatitis B, it just felt crazy early to give that at one month. So what we decided to do was to wait. So I just said, no, I'm not going to give this now. I didn't say I'm never going to give her this vaccine ever. I just said, no, I think she's too little. I want to wait. And a child's immune system isn't fully developed until they're two years old. Um, and this is something that I felt, you know, everybody really agrees with. 
Uh, and the longer you wait, the less of a risk it is for your child to have this adverse reaction to a vaccine. Even though it's very rare, uh, the older your baby is, the stronger, of course, they are to fight to fight it off if something bad were to happen. So me and Dennis, we did this research. We decided, okay, we're not going to be against vaccinations. Like I've decided from my own gut instinct, they are like a necessary evil, right? So it's going to, of course, suck to put a needle in your baby. It's the worst thing ever. But we're still going to give her some Right. So the ones that that I feel are important now, the ones that she are that she's at risk of um, some or most. But we're going to wait until she's two. Okay, that was our decision. We're going to wait until she's two Uh, unless we are traveling to a country where there is a disease prevalent that she could get a vaccination for. So, for instance, hepatitis B, uh, we had an India trip that I don't know if it's happening anymore, but we were going to go to India this year. I would have probably given her the hepatitis B vaccination before going to India, where it's really likely that, well, not super likely, but I mean, it's it's a higher chance that she would get it there. And they really recommend it before going there. Um, living in Aruba, going to the States, Sweden, um, hepatitis B, not very likely. I even uh, went to a pediatrician here on the island and I asked, I was so surprised, like, why do you give this the happy vaccination now when they're so young. And she says, well, um, there has been a case on the island and it was a while ago. And I said, but how could she possibly contract this disease? How? How can a child get hepatitis B? Just like that. Her answer to me was, well, if your child was to go to a birthday party and then at the birthday party, she would go to the bathroom and she would borrow someone else's toothbrush and brush her teeth. And if that person who'd brushed their teeth before had hepatitis B, then there is a small chance that she would get it. And to me, that's just, it was, okay, that was a stretch, right? That the sound that it was just so unlikely. I said, okay, so if I don't give it now, am I at risk of her contracting hepatitis B? And she said, no. Okay, great. And I trusted that. So I decided to wait. Um, the next one that came up was the one at two months. And it's a vaccine here. They call it the DPTP vaccine in the US. Um, it's a little bit different. They call it the DTAP, but it doesn't have all the same things in it. So it's a combination vaccine, which I feel is a a really crappy thing, actually. Uh, Because sometimes, like in this vaccine, they take vaccines for a bunch of different diseases and they kind of clump them all together to give one shot at the same time. So this one was specifically for tetanus, for polio, pertussis, and then uh, whooping cough. Okay, those were the ones. Polio was one of the diseases that I had decided, okay, we're going to wait for at least, you know, until she's two if we decide to give it. Um, but in this vaccine combo was also the vaccination against whooping cough. And whooping cough, um, I spoke to several pediatricians here on the island, and kids still die from whooping cough in Aruba. And Aruba is a tiny, tiny island. There's only 100,000 people that live here. And children, you know, there are cases where children have died from whooping cough. Um, also in Sweden, uh, there's two diseases that are on the rise from the research that I have done, and it's whooping cough and measles. It has a little bit to do with uh, new immigration and new you know, people coming into Sweden that have never been vaccinated. Um, so measles and whooping cough was, was on the rise. And whooping cough was in this combo vaccine. So what I tried to do was um, find a vaccine, find the whooping cough vaccine only and only give her that because that was a disease that I was worried about. The measles one comes later when she's, uh, I think, one, like 12 or 14 months. Um, but for the whooping cough one, I was really nervous. Um about it. And I was going back and forth. It was a two months uh, she was supposed to get it. And I asked if I could separate and just give her the whooping cough, but they don't have that available here. And then a friend of mine said that there is a place in France um, that she found like a privately owned 
company where you could get just the whooping cough one and you could have it shipped here and then ask permission if the doctor would administer it here. But then they need a refill of the whooping cough in a couple months and then you need to order it again. And it was really complicated because for some of these vaccines, you don't need them just once, but they have to be kind of refilled several times. So I didn't know what to do. So I canceled the appointment and then we got a new one. I canceled that one. I I shifted this appointment three times because I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to give her this big vaccine combo for all these bunch of things that I wasn't ready to give her that I wanted to wait until she's two years old. But I also, because here's the thing, if you decide to not vaccinate your kid and then if I would decide, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to wait till she's two. And then what if we go to Sweden we're traveling, we're going to be on a plane we get to Sweden and then she gets whooping cough. And what if something would happen? Right. So I was trying to weigh my fears, the fear of giving her the vaccination and for her having a bad reaction to the vaccine versus not giving her the, the, the vaccination and then opening this tiny little window, you know, no matter how small it is, of her getting whooping cough and it becoming a serious thing. Whooping cough, you know, she could actually die. So those were the two fears and I couldn't. I, I, I sat with it. I sat with it. I tried to meditate on it. I tried to ask more friends for advice. I asked my mom, you know, me, both me and Dennis had all the vaccines when we were kids. Our parents had all of them that were, that were available. We're all okay. Like we're all fine. So it was just so hard. But at the end of the day, two factors that came into the reason why I decided to give her this vaccine. One was what's the worst case scenario. Okay. So I'd rather I realized that I'd rather give her the vaccine, have a really horrible 24 hours or 48 hours, or, you know, even if she would get a fever, like I'd rather go through that brief window, that brief moment of having a bad time, than ending up at the hospital with, with whooping cough, maybe risking her life. Because I know I would never, ever, I, would, I wouldn't be able to forgive myself if I would make a conscious decision not to vaccinate and then she would contract that same disease. I just wouldn't be able to, to live with that, I think. So... That was one thing. And then the second thing was Dennis. In the beginning, he really, he didn't want to get involved too much. He said, okay, you're going to do all the research. I know you love to do research, so you do it. And whatever you want to do, I'll trust your gut here. And then when I decided, okay, we're just going to wait. Let's not give anything until two years. Uh, And then I pushed the appointment that third time. All of a sudden, he had a really intense reaction. And... uh, all this fear came out of him. And it turns out that when he really sat with this, okay, we're not going to give our baby any vaccinations until she's two years old. He wasn't okay with that. Um, And there was a a part of him that just wasn't at all. It was leaning more pro vaccine than con. And I, for sure, I think the most important thing of this, no matter what you choose, is that both partners are in agreement, right? It can't just be one person's decision, but being in agreement with Dennis. And he really um, had this realization that, you know what, I am not okay, especially with with this whooping cough one, because he also read a lot that it's, and also our parents were kind of, (laughs) my dad was sharing a lot with us about what's happening in Sweden. And it was Um, It was hard, right? So because of that, um, us wanting to be in agreement with each other and choosing between the two fears and deciding that the the fear of her having a bad reaction or having a bad 48 hours, uh, because it's really common that, you know, the baby gets a fever or uh, we'd never been through anything like that with her. So that was terrifying, but I'd rather go through that than go through whooping cough. That was my end of the day, what I decided. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. 
I went for many years without wearing a bra. I always found them so uncomfortable and felt like they were inhibiting my ability to breathe. But now when I decided to try them out again, I could remember just how uncomfortable they could be. And I also remembered why so many women say the best part of the day is coming home taking off their bra. Then, thankfully, I was introduced to third love. Third Love uses women's real measurements and a smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit much better and that are way more comfortable. They offer sizes from AA to G, as well as exclusive half cup sizes. I stopped wearing bras for a few reasons. One of them was just how much of my awareness went to fidgeting and adjusting my bra strap throughout the day. These Third Love bras are so comfortable that sometimes I forget I'm even wearing one, which is exactly how it should be. Third Love knows you're going to love your new bra, so they're offering From the Heart listeners a chance to try one of their perfect 24-7 bras for free for 30 days. All you have to do is answer a few simple questions online, and the Third Love experts will recommend the perfect bra just for you. If the bra you receive is not your new favorite, you can easily return or exchange it for free. It's time to put fit first with Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash heart now to get your perfect third love bra and try it out for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash heart to try your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash heart. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So we made a new appointment. Decided to give her what they call here the DPTP. Uh, which is this combination of vaccines. It also meant she would get these other vaccinations because they weren't able to separate them. I was so nervous. I thought I was going to throw up in the morning. I was so nervous. And this is also a problem. Um, Part of me kind of wished that I had just stayed a little more unconscious because I also did all this research. So I think I was more aware of the risks and all the horrible things that could happen, which made, you know, deciding to give her the vaccine anyway made it even scarier than it was in the first place because having someone put a needle in your baby is never a fun thing ever 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 and I you know I was I was really terrified and also if you google vaccine plus risks one of the first things that come up are these stories of my baby died 
right? So I, I had read this one story where um, they gave the baby, baby a vaccination, baby was sleeping on, on her dad's chest, and then in her sleep died, and they didn't notice. And it stuck with me, right? And then I'm doing this research, one in one million, right? There's still that one, even if it's one in two million, 10 million, whatever, there is still that one. But then it's the same thing. I put my baby in a car every day when I go to work. <laughs> Chances of us getting in a car accident and something horrible happen is probably way bigger than one in one million. I think being struck by lightning is, is that there's a greater risk than that. So things can happen every day. And that's something that I've realized in motherhood I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life is the fear of something happening to my baby. And I have a fear of loss as is so since I had her that's just been completely magnified. And I'm going to have to learn to control my mind and to not dive into these fears, not give into these fears, because I would spend my whole life, you know, locked in a padded room <laughs> holding her. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to to leave her for a second if I gave into all these fears. Because there is that voice in the back of my head, no matter what I do, that says, What if what if she would die? What if you cross the street and lightning strikes? Like anything can happen. So I decided we decided to give it the morning of I was almost throwing up, I was terrified. Um, we got to the doctor and here's something that, that really helped actually, because we had another doctor that I wasn't really resonating with first. And then all of a sudden this other guy was there. He was a Dutch guy and he was so kind and friendly and inviting. And immediately I felt so comfortable. I felt just, okay, like this, this feels really good. I felt really calm. And then he said, he said, oh, I see you pushed his appointment many times. Were you nervous about this decision? And he actually listened to me without making me sound like a crazy person, without making me sound like, because um, I feel like that's a that's a problem too. If you bring it up to your pediatrician, like I don't know if I want to vaccinate my baby, sometimes the answer you get, are you crazy? You know, are you insane? Are you stupid? No, I mean, there, there's an actual debate ongoing. So if you listen to it, of course, you're going to do research and of course, you're going to hear these bad things. So I think asking around and educating yourself is never going to be a bad thing. But this doctor actually listened to me and I didn't feel like a crazy person. And he said, you know what, it is true that they are very young. So if you can wait with some, you know, you, that's not a problem. You, you should, that's okay. So the decision that I made with waiting two years, I really stand by that. So we're, we're going to do that for all her future things, unless we end up in a place like we did right now, traveling to a place where whooping cough is on the rise or living in Aruba where kids die from whooping cough. Yeah. Then that's something I want to vaccinate against. And then he said, okay. So it was two needles and one in each little thigh. And he said, okay, this first one is actually some kids you don't even notice it. He said it's, it's very, very mild. This other one is, it burns, he said. So she's for sure going to cry. So let's find out. And he, oh, we put her down on the little table and I'm trying to make her smile and, you know, like keep eye contact and stay very present. And he gave her the first one and she immediately lost it, like immediately and she's never had, I've never seen her cry from pain before. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, gas or stomach stuff, you know, when a baby's really little, they can cry. But this was a whole other thing. She looked me in the eye and she screamed, right? It was a very conscious cry. Like she was very aware that, wait, pain is happening. And then he gave the second one, you know, super fast. And then it was over. And I pick her up and it wasn't as bad as I thought. I'm going to say that. Okay. It was awful, but in my mind, I built this up to be like, you know, the worst thing in the whole wide world because her scream was very conscious. Like she was still, um, if you have a baby, you know, when it escalates and the crying becomes like totally out of control and they don't even, you can almost not connect with the baby anymore because they're screaming so much. Like she had a week when she cried like that. It wasn't that type of cry. It was a, she was still looking me in the eyes. She was still aware of the room. She was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, you know, 
the worst cry ever. No, but it was bad. It was awful, awful, awful. Um, and then after that, of course, my brain kicks in. Okay, is she going to get a fever? Is something going to happen? Oh my God. And I just, I monitored her every second of the, of the day after that. And she stopped crying. What happened immediately was she was feeling really sad, right? So she was like, in Sweden, we have a really good word. It's called inklig. <laughs> I don't know how to translate this to English. I don't think there's a good translation, but inklig, it means like, oh, like when you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're just sad and like the world is against you and oh, everything is hard and oh, you know, she was feeling really like little um, and she wanted to be on the boom the whole time, which of course I let her. And then when she fell asleep, I was just, you know, basically staring at her chest, rising and falling, rising and falling, making sure that she was breathing the entire time. And then she was happy, like she was okay after that. But when she was sleeping, I snapped that little photo and it had a little bandaid on her thigh. And I said, okay, you know, she got her first vaccination today. It was awful. It absolutely fucking sucked. But I did a research and this felt like the right thing to do. And then, okay, it was after posting this to Instagram that my day turned to shit. <laughs> It wasn't beforehand. Uh, and I said it earlier, uh, I've never regretted sharing anything because I, I don't believe in the idea of oversharing. I share everything. And especially when I share painful things, for me, it's a way of healing. Exposing the dark and the pain, I find, is a little bit of letting it go. But this, because I wasn't 100% certain, right? Because I, I'm still in the gray area. I, 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 in the end of the day, I followed my gut and that's what I did. But as they were giving her that vaccine, I don't fucking know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I, I don't know, right? I, it's, I don't know. I still don't know. I still have that gut feeling that says, you know, between the two evils, this was the lesser evil because I'd rather have her go through this than get whooping cough and die. Yeah. But then there are people that say vaccines don't work. Like it's pointless. You're putting this poison in your baby's body for nothing. Like if that's the case, fuck, what did I just do? Right? So my mind is going crazy. And then I see these comments starting to come in. It's becoming a huge debate. And the way it's communicated, okay, like you can you can state your opinion, share your idea of facts or your own research the same way I am sharing my own research, what I feel for me, right? And there's going to be a thousand people listening to this right now. They're making notes of all the shit I'm saying that they can, you know, contend or that they don't agree with or that where did you get that information? Yeah, you're going to fucking disagree with me if you disagree with what I just did. I know that. Um, there's a quote that I love. I'm going to share it right now. It's by Franz Fanon. Uh, it says, sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong. When they are presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence cannot be accepted. It would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect this belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit within that core belief. And this goes for everything, right? Everything. Everything we believe and we've decided that this is the case. Yeah, you're not likely to change your mind. So everybody out there that's against vaccinations, the people that started telling me, oh, congratulations, you just risked your child's life. Like, I understand that. Like, this is your belief. It came from something. You're not going to change your mind no matter what. Same as people that are super pro, you're not going to change your minds either. But how the fuck can you tell a new mom, oh, congrats, your life's, your child's life is endangered now. Congratulations. Yeah. Vaccines kill. Good job. Unfollowing you now because I cannot watch as your child dies. Are you out of your mind telling anybody things like this? I, I, I cannot. No, I, I can't for the life of me ever imagining myself sharing this and speaking in this way to anybody else. It was just awful. So immediately I saw these comments come in and I was already feeling really crappy. And I was like, okay, wait, maybe this wasn't a good idea. So I put my phone away 
And I went about the day with the baby and she was fine. She was smiling just like an hour later. Everything was okay. We got home. She was a little cranky, but she didn't get a fever. And I was, I took her temperature a bunch of times. She didn't get a fever at all. She was just a little cranky, but totally fine. And everybody said, oh, you know, it, she might be sleeping a little more after the vaccine, which also sounded really terrifying, but she didn't. She had like a normal sleep pattern. And then cue <laughs> nighttime. Okay. So of course I couldn't sleep at night because I had this fear in my mind. What if she's going to die from the vaccine that I just decided to give her? It's insane. It's totally insane. So anybody out there who thinks I, I made this horrible decision, like this was really hard for me. Okay. It's hard for everyone. It's hard for everyone because it is a massive debate with all these places in between. And what I feel right now is as it is right now, there is no right and wrong. Okay. There's bad things to both sides of this. <sighs> anyway, in the night, I had to watch her the whole night. Okay. I slept maybe 45 minutes, like accumulated time throughout the night, but I was just watching her sleep, making sure that she was sleeping. And I was, you know, kind of trying to fall asleep, but I didn't really fall asleep. So what did I do? Okay. Stupid Rachel. I grabbed my phone and I go to Instagram. And I think what I was looking for was a little bit of support, maybe like, okay, I need to know now that I did the right, made the right decision because my mind was spinning out of control. And I have to say out of the, let me actually pull up my phone right now and see what the current count of comments is um so as i am recording this 2398 comments that's a shitload of comments <laughs> 2398 comments they're overwhelmingly pro vaccine i have to say i have to share that they're overwhelmingly pro there are a lot of con and I guess because the picture was of my baby who just got the vaccine, the people that were against it were extremely, extremely vocal and sharing these really just kind of hating all over me and making me feel really fearful that I, that I endangered my child's life. So I was up in the middle of the night watching my baby sleep, wondering, did I make the right decision? Stupidly reading through 2000 something Instagram comments where some of them said, no, you didn't. So for me, this was the worst part. The worst part was not the actual vaccination. And when I look back at it now, like, yeah, I trusted my gut. And still right now, as is, yes, it was the right decision for me and for my baby. And since I thought so much about this, if I wouldn't have given it to her, one, I would have had an issue with my partner, with my husband, who really wasn't comfortable not giving it and who really has this now, now strong belief um, that it was really needed. And then two, I would have been obsessing over everything that happened after this. I would not have been able to rest in uh, knowing that she's not going to get whooping cough. No, <laughs> you know, and we're traveling. She's going to meet a gazillion people. Like, you know, she spends all day long people like trying to touch her face, like wanting to pick her up. Um, I would have, no, it was the right thing to do. And my gut still tells me that. Um, so I chose the little fear over the bigger fear, right? And this was my decision. And this does not mean that it's the right decision for you, right? It's not, doesn't mean that I'm telling you, you should go and give your child the whooping cough vaccination. You have to do your own research. You have to follow your own instinct and your own gut. And what I do recommend is reading about this from the two sides of the story. And there's going to be people that are pro-vaccines that are going to be really pissed at me right now as well. <laughs> It's something, you know, also being on social media, being online, like I, I can't win here. I'm not trying to win either. But there were people saying that got really pissed saying that the way I shared it was I opened a window for education that isn't necessary. 
So uh, the super pro, pro-vaccine people were saying that how can you even speak of this as if it is a choice? This is not a choice. Vaccinating your child is not a choice. It's a must. It's mandatory. You have to do it. And I would, they were slamming me. Like, how can you even like share that you're doing research? Like, it's not a choice. You have to do it. And I get that too. Like, I understand where you're coming from. But when is educating yourself ever a bad thing, right? When is making an educated decision for your own kid a bad thing? I don't believe in just blindly following whatever, you know, comes your way mindlessly, right? But sitting with it, feeling it, doing your own research, I think that is a good thing. Yes. But I know this is a can of worms and it's it's a big can and it's a lot of worms. And no matter how I share this, it's going to get, it's going to be challenging. God, just talking about this, like I, I'm sweating right now. Okay, I'm sitting in my office. I'm all alone. <laughs> I'm not debating anybody. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just sitting here all alone talking, you know, to you. And I'm sweating because this is, this is, this is hard. So let's not forget that the reason that this is so challenging is because ever feeling like you're risking your child's life, like that is, it's not something anybody should have to go through, but that's what this makes you feel like. It makes you feel like if you don't vaccinate your child, you're consciously choosing to risk their life. Um, If you vaccinate your child, you're consciously choosing to risk their life. That's what this feels like. And it fucking sucks. Like to be put in this position, it blows I almost wish I had this really strong core belief, pro or against, because then at least I could rest in that belief, right? But I, but I don't. Um, and that's why the fear is there and the fear is there from both sides. So from here on now, um, what I've decided to do is one, not share on Instagram anything else <laughs> after this podcast is out, after I've posted about the podcast, which yes, is going to generate a massive fucking discussion. I know it. Um, after this, I'm not going to share anything else because um, in relation to my baby, I've realized this, um, you can tell me anything about me. I have had this big following in social media for years. I've heard it all. Trust me, everything from, oh, I'm a stupid fat whore to um, the stupidest person in the whole world. And like, you suck at everything. And like people attacking me for for anything, anything. I mean, just awful things. I'm fine with that. Okay, it's rare. Um, I, I know it's not personal. It's okay. But whatever is directed toward her, toward Lea Luna, I can't, I can't take it. It's not, no, no, no. So you can kind of, you know, say whatever you want to me, but if it's in relation to her, no. And I know I opened this by putting that picture out. So um, I'm not going to talk about vaccinations anymore after this. Uh, what I've decided to do for future is we're going to stick with this, with this waiting, right? So waiting for as long as we can with, uh, with as much as we can until she's older and her immune system is much stronger. And we're going to give the ones that I feel in my gut are important for her to get, which my gut told me that hepatitis B, no, didn't feel like a one month old needed that at this moment. Uh, but whooping cough, yes, felt needed. So I'm going to continue going with that. Um, I'm just not going to not share (laughs) any future needles or band-aids with anybody because this was really hard this was and also it's an eye-opener for me because I share everything but it's different with her it really 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 is and I don't want to feel ever again like I have put my life's my child's life in danger I don't want to feel like that ever 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 
but I don't want to, you know, make it sound like it's all awful and everybody who's, you know, following me on Instagram are awful. Overwhelmingly, I got positive comments and so many people sharing, like, please let her make her own decision. You know, don't be a mom telling other moms what to do. Don't be that person. Just make your own decisions. It's your own child. No one else has the right to tell you what to do with your child. So let's, let's see if, before I end this podcast, if I can inspire any angry person out there to, let's maybe take a moment. Actually, yes. So wherever you are right now, <laughs> I'm going to do this for myself too, because I need it. If you're sitting down, sit up tall. If you're standing up, stand up tall. And take a full breath in through the nose. And out through the mouth. Now bring awareness to how you are feeling in your body in this moment. So we've been talking about this very controversial topic. You might have a lot of emotion flowing through your body. And take a moment to feel it. Take a moment to feel it. Knowing that all emotion is accepted. All emotion is okay, right? Everything we feel, we feel for a reason. So if anger has arised within you, that's okay. If sadness has come up, that's okay. If frustration is here. That's okay. If confusion is here, that's okay. If anxiety is here, that's okay. If fear is here, that's okay. Everything you're feeling right now is okay. And actually trying to give space to these emotions, allowing them to come up, allowing them to be moved through the body so they can be released. It's a really important thing. So if you're feeling any of these things right now, especially anger, if your intuition right now is telling you, oh, I have to get on my phone and I have to tell a yoga girl that I hate her, <laughs> take a breath, all right? Take a breath. Breathe in and out of the nose and feel yourself in this moment. Just ground a little bit. So if it's feeling your sit bones rooted in the chair or your feet rooted on the ground, just arrive back to you and see if you can inquire a little bit within Whatever strong emotion you are feeling right now, where is it coming from and why is it here? So if you're feeling angry, why? Where? What happened in your past? What experience have you had in your past that led you to this belief that is making you angry listening to me speaking these words? If you're feeling sad, where is sadness coming from? If you're feeling confused, what brought it on? Just take a moment to really sit with your own shit Okay, we all have our own shit. We all have this baggage. We all feel all of these things. We all feel the same things, just not always at the same time. And if you're disagreeing with something now or you're feeling all these strong feelings, know that all of that is okay. What's not okay is taking those feelings and projecting them onto another person. All right, that's a, there's a big difference there between feeling your own stuff and projecting it and throwing it at someone else. So see if you can take what you have in this moment right here, right now, and not turn to social media and not to turn to your phone, not turn to your computer, but maybe turn within a little bit. And if you inquire deeply enough, if you sit with this long enough, and this is truth, and I know this is true because I just got goosebumps. If you sit with this long enough, if you inquire deeply enough, eventually at the root of everything you're feeling, you're going to arrive at one place. That place is going to be love. That place is going to be love. It's going to be love for your children. 
It's going to be love for future children. It's going to be a love for humanity, for other people's children. It's going to be a love for yourself, for wanting to feel safe and protected and whole. So knowing that all of these emotions, they all stem from the same place. And it's a love that we all feel. It's a love that we all come from. It's our center. And try to stay with that love. I know I will. So let's take another full breath in. And then breathe some love out into the world. Put a smile on your face. Okay. Remember, life is not as serious as your mind makes it out to be. All is well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave a review while you're there. A huge thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsor, Third Love. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.